Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. It's on the screen. Or if you want to open up a Bible like me, you can follow along. Um, this passage is a really interesting passage. It's a really needed passage, I think, for a lot of us. Um, but it appears to be a troublesome one on the surface. So follow along with me on the screen. Um, and from there he arose, Jesus arose, and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed, and the demon gone. Now let me pray for us one more time. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for bringing us your word. We thank you for bringing us this narrative about this woman. We thank you that her story has made it all the way into um, Stores, Connecticut in 2019. Um, we pray that you would work in our hearts tonight, that you would work through my voice to encourage all of us um, to overcome um, our sin and our struggles, um, to give us comfort, to give us peace, to give us whatever gift of the Spirit you would give us tonight. Um, so we pray that you would be active um, as I speak in this. In Jesus' name. So it was February 28th, 2011. I was halfway through my sophomore year of high school. If most of y'all don't know, that's the day that I lost my two front teeth. Um, yeah, these are fake. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and most of y'all know this story. I was in church. I was setting up uh, kind of like for something like RUF. We had an evening youth group service on Sunday night. I had a tussle with the chairs. The chairs kind of won, and they took two teeth and a thumb with them. Um, but what most of y'all don't know is the following days and months. See, I was in abandoned high school and I played the French horn, which y'all don't know involves using the face. And we were set to go on our out-of-state trip in like 
a couple of weeks after that accident. We were supposed to go before spring break. Um, so after I recovered from the, from the little incident, I go to band class a few days later, I show up to rehearsal and everybody's like, oh, we're so sorry, everything that happened to you. Um, and I quickly see like, they are sorry, but I'm also like, I can't sit here with y'all, because you have to do a rehearsal and I'm kind of useless. So I excuse myself, go out to a practice room, um, and kind of watch from the outside everybody who's doing the thing that you know, I love to do. Um, I still get to go on the trip, I get to go to Disney World in Orlando, I get to ride some on the rides, but I notice two things. One, I can't ride all of the rides because I've got a cast on me and my face is still a little bit screwed up, so I can't mess with all that blood stuff. And two, I'm watching everybody else do the thing that I wanted to do. Um, so in multiple ways, I'm on the outside looking in. I'm sure all of you can somehow to relate to that. Either you've been in many situations, even you're here at RUF tonight, where you're like, I'm with these people, I've been coming a whole lot, but I still feel like I'm on the outside. There's like this anger that I want to be in on, but I'm on the outside. Or you're on the inside of whatever group you're in, and you don't really look around and notice the people on the sidelines. Um, I want both groups to know that this passage actually speaks to you. Uh, so we've got one big point, uh, which is basically that Jesus shows us that he welcomes outsiders into his presence. Jesus welcomes outsiders into his presence. And, so, and we're going to explore that in two ways. Uh, first, Jesus' invitation seems harsh. Seems harsh. And second, that Jesus' invitation is transformational. So Jesus' invitation is harsh, or it seems harsh, but it is transformational. Um, so first, his invitation seems harsh. To catch you up on this story, Jesus is doing a bunch of ministry around Jerusalem and around all the Jews. He just got done telling off some Pharisees. And Tyre and Sidon are like in the Gentile land. It's far from home. He's trying to get a vacation. He's trying to take a break. But he can't catch a break because this woman here is in town. And she's like, this guy might be able to heal me or heal my daughter. Um, and you know, this is Jesus' job. He, he's used to casting out demons. But strangely enough, he says... Hey, let the children be fed first, because it's not right that I give the bread to the dogs. That's kind of weird. Usually he doesn't test them, usually he doesn't charge for services. So what's going on with this passage? Why is he calling her a dog? Um, well, some Bible trivia for you. In the Old Testament, there are these two big categories of clean and unclean. And the basic gist is, if you're clean, you can go chat with God and do your sacrifices in the temple. If you're unclean, you can't. And you have to do all these washing rituals to make yourself clean. Um, the idea is if there is this pure and holy God, you can't approach him unless you yourself are pure. You have made yourself pure. Um, there's all these laws about what you can eat, what you can eat, what you can touch, what you cannot touch. The basic gist is you can't be with him. But the thing about being unclean is that it's not necessarily simple. You can just touch a dead carcass, which isn't necessarily simple. Um, but you're still under that And to illustrate that, imagine that you're going into a job interview. Many of y'all have done this or are going to do this. Um, usually you wouldn't show up to a job interview dressed like we are tonight. If you dress, you know, you know, like not all of us, you know, none of us are like butt naked or whatever. But you usually don't dress up in like a t-shirt or a sweater. 
you find out what the dress code is and you show up dressed for the occasion. Otherwise, you might get the interview, you might be allowed in the building, but you're gonna get some stares and awkward glances from the secretary and from the interviewer. And the dress code thing is not about you're required to dress this way to get this job, it's more of you're showing respect for the person that you're talking with. You're showing respect for the company that you're interviewing. And that's the idea with unclean and clean. You are showing respect for God's purity by being pure. Um, but over time, what, be, what was just clean and unclean became, hey, we can't eat these certain things, and people who eat those things are clean, unclean themselves. That's all the Gentiles who eat all these meats that are not supposed to eat. Also, we're not supposed to touch certain animals, which included dogs. So let's turn back to Jesus' comment. Basically saying, you women, you are a dirty, unclean person. He's being a good Jew. Um, and let's press into the picture a little bit. So it says, he says, let the children be fed first. What Jesus is imagining is this dinner table scene. Like he, Jesus is the dad, he's the father. The children are the Jews. They're related to him directly. And the dogs are the Gentiles. And he's saying, well, the children have to eat their dinner first. It's not proper to like throw their dinner onto the ground. Like, some of y'all have puppies. I have five dogs at home. We don't feed them our dinner while we eat. Right? We don't take our prepared like turkey or beef or steak and just like hand it off to our dog while we eat. They have to wait their turn. They will get fed, but they have to wait their turn. Um, and the point of this parable is that Jesus is offering bread to the Jews. And as we learn from Lucas's um, pre, uh, sermon on the uh, feeding of the 5,000 last week, the bread isn't just the bread. The crumbs aren't just the crumbs. The bread is the salvation that Christ is offering. And that's the same thing in this parable. Jesus is offering salvation first to the Jews, later the Gentiles. In Romans and in Deuteronomy, both Paul and Moses say that. It's God's plan to give the, Gent or the Jews their salvation first and then go to the Gentiles. But that's kind of unfair, isn't it? Like Jesus is supposed to come and save everybody. That's what we preach all the time. Jesus is here to save you, and none of us are Jews. But let's stop in that space between Jesus' um, statement and the woman's response. Because I think we, we find ourselves in that space of, well, God has told me something, God is doing something. I don't get it, or his plan seems really harsh. His timeline is not my timeline, and it seems like his timeline sucks. Y'all are in midterm season right now. Pretty sure not all of y'all are AC midterms right now. And you'd be like, what the heck is God doing right now? I study super hard, and I'm sure. And what God is calling you to do is not just pray to him and be like, help me pass this test. But he's calling you and saying, well, come on in. Come on in into my plan. It's not going to make you feel better because his plan still seems harsh. But he's inviting you to say, I've got this in the bag. And we know that he has this in the bag because he, always, he tells us two things in his word about his plan at all times. One, he's always working for our good. He's always working for the good of his people. Two, he's always working for his glory. In every situation, whether it's midterms, whether it's relationship struggles, whatever, you can know that those two things are always true about God's plan for you. It's not going to solve your situation. 
It's not gonna help you pass. It's not gonna help your relationship get any better. What it's going to give you is assurance and peace. It's going to allow you to get up and keep walking. Get up after the exam and keep studying and keep going. But we're also gonna see that Jesus provides us hope. God provides us hope and he does offer a solution to us. And so the next big point is where we're gonna see Jesus respond to them. We're going to see Jesus offer her a solution. And so the next big point is that Jesus and Jesus' invitation is transformation. Um, if we keep moving along, we, we heard him say, let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread towards the dogs. And then she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table get to eat of the children's crumbs. And it's not explicit in this gospel, but it's explicit in Matthew's gospel. He says here, for this statement you may go and your daughter is healed. He commends her for her faith. How do we know that? Well, I didn't give you all the context earlier. So throughout history, the Jews were traditionally like dogs are bad, all these other foods are bad. But all these surrounding nations weren't actually, um, didn't actually look at dogs as unclean. They used, like, Greeks, Romans, Egyptians, Persians, they all used dogs for hunting. And they were the ones who would play fetch with their dogs, you know, throw shields, frisbees, or whatever. Um, and as the Jews got taken over by empire after empire after empire for hundreds and hundreds of years, by Jesus' time, some of the Gentile practices intruded into their lives. And by Jesus' day, it wasn't uncommon for Jews to have puppy dogs. It wasn't uncommon for them to have little furry house pets with them. I say that because in the Greek, both Jesus' dogs and the woman's dogs are actually puppy dogs. They aren't these mangy scavengers that are just running around everywhere. They're part of the family, too. And so let's look at her response. She says, well, yes, Lord, even the dogs get to come. She's saying, I'm part of this, too. She recognizes she's a Gentile. She knows she's unclean. But she gets Jesus' call. She responds in faith and says, I'm part of this household too. What's even more is she says, not just I'm in this house, but she says, even the dogs under the table eat the dogs. I don't know if you've ever had dogs, but like my dogs, whenever we're eating, they usually are right there with their noses like in her face, waiting for any scraps to fall on the floor. Because if it falls to the floor, it's not going to stay there long. It's going to go right in their bellies. She's saying, yeah, I can eat while the Israelites, while the Jews are eating too. I can have salvation now too because you're here. What's even more is that she's not looking for a whole loaf of bread. She says, they get to eat the children's crumbs. All she wants is a little tidbit. She doesn't want a whole apple cider donut. She wants just a tidbit. She gets the point of that previous miracle with the 5,000. She gets the point that all she needs is a crumb from Jesus. He commends her. This Gentile practice of domesticating dogs has intruded into the Jews' lives. And this woman says, I'm not only part of this household, but I get to eat. I get to eat now, and all I need is just a little bit. And Jesus commends her for that faith. And what do we what do we learn that happens? Well, the demon gets cast out, but something else happens to her. Something else happens to the woman. And to illustrate that, there's a little story about my dog Milo. He is our, gosh, I think he was our second of five that we got. 
Um, and we got well, we got him from a shelter, from a rescue shelter. Um, paid five bucks for him. When we saw him, he was a skinny little thing. You know, in shelters they give him just enough to, to survive. He was skinny, he was super energetic, super loving. I was the one who got to pick him out. I'm like, this dog needs to come home with us. When he came home with us, he had no reason to worry about food ever again. That skinny dog became our fat so He is 10 pounds overweight. I caught him one time tipping over the dog food bag, like the 20 pound dog, dog food bag, in the bag, munching on it and laying on the ground. Right, like he is at home, he is in our household now. And the telltale sign, if you don't know this for dog owners, the telltale sign that the dog feels comfortable is that when they sleep, they can sleep on their back with their tummy toward the sky. It's not just they lay their head down like this. Have you ever seen them like upside down with their head, with their legs straight up? They feel comfortable because they have no reason to get up and run after things. They have no reason to look out for danger. That's us. We're puppies. We're in Jesus' household. We can sleep with our tummy to the sky and our backs That's what Jesus is inviting us into. We are now that new puppy who's part of the family. Whenever Milo got lost multiple times, we ran and finally, I drove up two hours to help my brother go find that stupid dog. But he got home. He searched for hours for him and he got home. He is part of our family. He's not there, he's not, we're not complete. And so for you, this is a call for you to rest like a puppy dog in Jesus. That also entails being part of Jesus' household. Whenever our dogs have muddy paws on them, they have to stop in the laundry room and get a little shakedown before they can keep going because we don't like little muddy puppy, little mud everywhere. If they get super dirty, we have to go give them a hot bath with shampoo. In the same way, Jesus is up to washing us of our sin day in and day out. And he's saying, yeah, sleep all you want, eat all the food out of the doggy bag that you want. But when I wash you, don't jump out of the bathtub. That means when you hear something, either at RUF or you're just reading the Bible or you're praying, and God is speaking to you and saying, hey, your sin needs to go. So you need to just say yes. Like you're good to do this. You're good to wash this up. Because he wants you to be a clean puppy and enjoy his house. So what do we do? Well, we're part of God's house. We can look at the woman's uh, response in two ways. First, she came to Jesus in her need. She had a need. She knew she had a need. She knew where to get that need fulfilled. And she went and saw it. She went and got that solution. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, we love that you're here. The call to you is come. You have need. The problems in your life are because of sin, both in your life and around the world. Sin is the thing that tears apart our relationships. Sin is the thing that makes chaos in this world. So if you're not a Christian, come and eat at the table. Come with the bread. Eat of the bread Jesus has given you. If you are a Christian, Remember that you're a dog in Jesus' household. You work hard with the family. Rest in him. Keep eating from him. Keep coming to RUF to hear this stuff out of the Bible. Keep coming to RUF to hear these songs. Keep coming to RUF to be encouraged by one another. And the second thing is that the woman came not for herself, but for her daughter. 
the, the woman came and she was satisfied by Jesus for herself and she was satisfied for her daughter. She was not um, acting out of need. She was acting out of abundance. So in the same way, remember that you, Christian, have been satisfied in Christ. You have salvation. You have all the peace and the joy and confidence and assurance that you could ever want in, in Jesus. So look around you to other people and realize that there are others who might need encouragement. Look around the room. Look and see, are there people in this room that you don't know how to pray specifically for them? If you don't, get coffee or a meal with them and find out how to pray specifically for them. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. When Christ went on the cross and shed his blood for us and rose from the grave, we are now brothers and sisters by blood, by his blood. So I encourage you to do that. So let me pray that God will do these things in us. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this encounter with the sour creation woman. Thank you that you invite puppy dogs like her. You invite people who are outside to come in. Lord, and thank you that you don't leave us like that, but thank you that you can make us new, you make us clean. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work tonight and in the intervening days to encourage us to come back to you, encourage us to care for one another, encourage us to go back to your word and be fed again and again and again and again, and never forget that we can, like puppy dogs in a house, lie on our backs and sleep in peace. In Jesus' name, amen.